0: I have to say i have been listening to a lot of 90s country and i put on the song indian outlaw by tim mcgraw and i realized just Uh how horribly that song has aged
1: yeah that's (laughs) probably not one that he still performs live (laughs)
0: that's what i was thinking oh my god anyway we've gotten so so far off topic now You got to see a live show last night.
1: For the first time ever, I got to see some queens from RuPaul's Drag Race perform in person. They came to the town where I live. Well, really, the university where I live. And I saw Raja O'Hara and Peppermint perform live, and both were excellent. I okay. cannot say, like, enough good things about both of them. I surprised uh, by the fact that Raja came Because up until that morning It was supposed to be Ginger Minge And um, <laughs> Ginger Minge fell ill So at the very last minute They got Raja to fly in and replace her And I was very happy about that Because I love Raja I love Ginger too But yeah. just after All Stars 6 How could you not be a Raja fan, really? So yeah. both of them, excellent performers I would say Peppermint had the smartest drag queen song I have ever heard oh wow she has an original song coming out or original album coming out she said April 22nd so I'll plug that for her (laughs) and uh, the first song off of that album that she was performing there was a very thoughtful introspective number called Put a Dollar in My Titty. And <laughs> uh, she sang this very catchy song instructing the audience to put a dollar in her titty. And she walked through the whole crowd and like the throngs of people that were rushing up to her to stuff dollars into her titties were just unbelievable. Like I, there were, you know, a couple hundred people there at this performance. It was, you know, a good sized crowd. Yeah. I bet she made a thousand dollars off of that performance. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: It was... And, like, the room was so big and so many people were trying to do it that the song ended when she was only, like, halfway through the crowd. So she just sang it again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I was one of the people who participated, of course. I I stuffed a couple dollars in her titty, actually. But, (laughs) like, that's just the way you make money. Like, I was so impressed by her like just consummate professional but like clearly knows what she's doing and is having fun doing it too
0: I was gonna ask like how did the performers compare to like other non-RuPaul drag performers you've seen like did you feel like there was a big step up in just like talent or like I I don't know how did it How was it different than, like, a regular drag show?
1: Yeah, I would say with these two, like, Peppermint and Raja are not known for being, like, stunt queens, you know? They're not, like, doing backflips across the stage. They're not spinning for days, anything like that. But they just, like, they carry themselves Mm -hmm. with such confidence. And, Mm -hmm. like, they just own the stage like they they know that they're like that the reason they are the reason that people are there you know yeah and this particular show was the like spring showcase for the drag student organization on campus so there were a lot of very green queens <laughs> <laughs> that are sort of just finding out who they are as drag performers and there was one drag king too should not leave oh, nice. that person out yeah but you know like there's a Clear difference between these people who are doing drag for, you know, a couple of months, maybe a couple of years, and these people who are seasoned professionals who are there yeah. making thousands of dollars at the show. But, you know, I would say that compared to some of the other local queens that come through, like the performances themselves were like very entertaining, but I would say the looks are probably the thing that were like a little more elevated. Yeah. Uh, we have some very talented local queens. In the area, I would say Who always put on a good show But, like, just the the outfits and the makeup And wigs and the 10-inch stilettos yeah. that Raja had on And stuff like that Like, there's just a clear I guess probably the biggest thing would be financial difference Of what they can right. afford <laughs> Versus, you know, the queens that are Just touring the local circuit So Well, um,
0: it reminds me, like, you saying that reminded me Of, I watched the season Of Drag Race that Heidi and Closet was on Mm. and Mm -hmm. when she left like all of the other girls were like she did so much with so much less than the rest of us came here with like just the sheer and you can tell with her on the show like she's so talented and has such a spark but like just doesn't have the access yet you know Mm -hmm. i think probably since the show came out she has gained more money more access to like higher quality things but on Mm -hmm. the show like just came with what she could and made it pretty far without having Mm -hmm. all of that it makes her even more endearing to me I guess yeah
1: (laughs) I think I would say the same thing about Raja O'Hara like she made all of her own outfits for all-stars six for six hundred dollars like she made every single thing that she wore on that season for six hundred dollars what? And yes, what? and made it to the finals. <laughs> I would say across the board had the best looks, like most consistently yeah. great looks across the entire season. She and made
0: most of them herself too, right?
1: Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. she makes everything herself.
0: Insane.
1: And like she was on season eleven, did not make it very far. But you know, I think that she had made everything, probably for that season herself too. But didn't have like any kind of you know, money to really put into stuff. And then once she was on the show and got a little more money, then, like, came back for All-Stars and just killed it. And now, I think, if you look at her today, at the show last night, compared to where she was on season 11, it's, like, total transformation. And I just love that about her. Like, she was competing on All-Stars 6 against Ginger Minj, who has been on Broadway, against Eureka, who has her own HBO show. Like, these queens who have... so much more notoriety and money than she does and the fact that she still like came and just killed it is such a testament to her talent i think yeah
0: definitely i guess this isn't really a good segue but i did want to talk about another reality show while we're on the subject okay reality shows, you had sent me earlier this week an article about Dancing with the Stars moving to Disney+, Plus, which will make it the first streaming reality competition show, live streaming reality competition show. That's a lot of words to explain what that is. Uh (laughs) But I am interested to hear what you have to say about it, because I have some strong opinions about this move
1: Ooh, okay well i don't know if my opinions are strong about this but i think it makes sense because like the show is clearly not like the juggernaut if it ever really was that um that it once was you know it's not getting nearly the kind of audience that it used to get nor the kind of stars that it used to get
0: what do you mean jojo siwa was on it (laughs)
1: I think I remember looking at the cast list for the most recent season and going, who are these people? (laughs) Like, I think I had heard of maybe three or four of the people on it. And that's crazy for me because normally I know, like, at least 75% of the cast of a celebrity-based reality show. (laughs) So, like, I think they're, you know, kind of stretching the the limits of what a celebrity is at this point but i you know it we're in the day and age where you have to have a younger audience on a broadcast network in order to justify being on the air at all you know Mm -hmm. like it's if you're going to have a live show it has to be something that people are really going to tune in to watch and jojo siwa might bring in a slightly younger crowd, but it's not going to do enough to actually justify keeping its place on the air. So I think that, especially when it's a show that's on, like, taking up two hours of your broadcast time a week. Right. So, you know, the move makes sense to me because it is a a very well-known brand, and there is a loyal following to it. But it just might not be enough or the right demographics to earn its keep in the live broadcast TV landscape yeah what's your hot take
0: well I just think it's so smart not necessarily dancing with the stars moving to Disney plus like that move makes sense more or less like Disney is trying to be a really family friendly kind of streamer dancing with Mm -hmm. the stars like fits that demographic
1: mostly i mean my grandma did complain a lot about some of the outfits
0: oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) well uh, your grandmother aside (laughs) i think in this grand (laughs) scheme of content these days it's pretty tame i (laughs) (laughs) could
1: that's probably true
0: But what I think is smarter is that by moving it out of its Monday night spot, they open up that space for what we talked about in a previous minisode is the only thing getting ratings on TV these days, which is sports. Mm -hmm. ABC is going to replace Dancing with the Stars with a Monday night football in the fall, which will get more viewers than
1: Absolutely. dancing
0: with the stars by far and I was also reading and I couldn't fully understand what it meant so I, it, if I'm wrong I'm wrong but I did see that their Monday night football contract is for one game you know one year and then it will be two games on Monday night the next year and, and really? then th- yeah it but I what I'm unclear on is do they mean that two different networks because i know monday night football i think used to be on nbc
1: monday night football i think was on espn
0: espn
1: thursday night i think is on nbc
0: okay so i'm wondering if they mean like what one game on abc one game on espn or like Mm. if they're gonna try to do like an earlier game and a later game or if they just meant that like they would show different games Games to different parts of the country yeah But it was interesting because it did say, like, it will be one, then it will be two. And then, like, in 2023, I think they said it will be three games. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know Mm -hmm. how they have time for that. So I don't really know what that meant. But whatever their plan is, like, obviously is going to be more successful than Dancing with the Stars. So I just thought it was really smart. I thought it was a cool move. I just wonder, too, like, the article you sent me had so much to say about just like reality shows on streaming services and they talked a little bit about netflix's huge success with like some baking show like nailed it or whatever and i was like was that show really like that successful Hmm. i mean maybe
1: it might have been i mean (laughs) i don't know that many people who've watched it I don't think but
0: yeah I just thought it was odd like all of the examples they gave were weird and I guess they were specifically giving examples of like competition style shows that are like in the same subcategory as like Dancing with the Stars by you know the way that they're set up but I don't think like family
1: oriented shows maybe too
0: but it was just odd and I I just see more and more streaming platforms, building more reality-based programming. But I just think, like, competition shows like Dancing with the Stars feel a little dated to me at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have not seen many new ones in, you know, the last five years, probably. And the ones that have have kind of failed, you know? Yeah. The ones that are still on the air have been around for, like, 15-plus years. You know, it's America's Got Talent, American Idol, The Voice. I guess The Voice isn't 15 years, but... Like,
0: survivor, a
1: lot of years, survivor, big brother. It's kind of interesting to me that there have been so few shows that have broken through at all in the competition space. Because I don't think that there's like no longer interest in that kind of programming. Yeah, I don't know if people, if the market just got so saturated (laughs) for that for a while that the ones that didn't work fell away and the ones that are still kind of working when they eventually die that there will be a resurgence, you know, at some point when people miss that kind of stuff. But
0: I don't know. I was just going to say they should do a reality competition show where people compete for a spot on an NFL team.
1: It would be the perfect (laughs) marriage
0: of everything they need
1: that's a good idea
0: they could just like I mean you think about like the prize money for a reality show like a hundred thousand dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever like that's what a lot of bench players get paid if somebody could like pony up the money like Nike or whatever like sponsors this and then like a guy just mm-hmm. gets to go sit on the bench for a season or maybe like he does good I don't know I would watch it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you know, what I was going to say is there should be a reality competition show where people compete for a spot on Love is Blind or like one of the other <laughs> stupid Netflix well, reality shows.
0: <laughs> see, that's funny that you say that, because I think one of the things that bugs me a little bit about reality shows these days is that like people just get recycled from show to show. Like I mm. just saw that Colton from The Bachelor is on some sort of like Survivor-esque Show on, I think, CBS. Oh. It's like all celebrities because Paulina Poroskova is on it.
1: Is it like, I'm a celebrity, (laughs) get me out of here?
0: Here, let me look at it. Or something? I don't think that's what it was called, but it's called Beyond the Edge.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: And it's all celebrities, and they're competing for charitable donations.
1: Okay, and it's just, like, basically Survivor? (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna have to look into this. Seems pretty sus to me.
0: Wait, I have a question. I don't know if you want to talk about this on the podcast, but you're, you're gonna hate me and tell me to cut this out, but do you... Do you want to tell everyone about Dying with the Stars?
1: <laughs> I, um, I do want to talk about this. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, yeah, so I really would like to um, create a television show, a reality competition show, based on a format idea that I had back in high school that was called Dying with the Stars. And the cast of this show is just made up of A bunch of dead celebrities. And Mm -hmm. everyone just votes for which celebrity is their favorite. And every week, a couple of celebrities get eliminated. I mean, they're already dead. So we're not going to hurt their feelings. But, you know, some move on in the competition. And you just, like, go through the weekly voting of, like, which one you like the most. And then whoever has the most votes in the last round is the best dead celebrity. And this was a huge hit show With my friends back in, you know, ninth grade or whenever it was.
0: We did so many seasons.
1: There were at least seven seasons.
0: Oh my gosh. Amazing. Every time someone dies in hollywood i always think of dying with the stars
1: (laughs) me too and you're (laughs) welcome and now our podcast listeners will as well
0: please don't judge us this was from like when we were 15 years old
1: (laughs) i don't feel like it's disrespectful or anything though like we're showing our love for the famous people (laughs) who have passed we all know that like if we did Dying with the Stars today, <laughs> Betty White would be... Would win. The absolute winner, yeah. We did yeah. Dying with the All-Stars, one season yeah. two. Yeah, I, and Mother Teresa won that one. Congratulations, I remember.
0: Congrats to the whole team.
1: Uh-huh. Speaking of dead celebrities... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a very nice segue. <laughs> Thank you for enabling that one, Elena. You're welcome. But just like a half hour ago... Or maybe an hour ago now, because we've been recording for a while. But right before we recorded this episode, I saw that beloved comic actor, Gilbert Gottfried, has passed away. Which is just so sad, because everybody knows Gilbert Gottfried, and I think even if you found his voice annoying, you've probably found him endearing and recognized him from something you loved. Because he's been in so much stuff, from voicing the Aflac duck to being on Saturday Night Live to being one of the Hollywood Squares.
0: I was just looking up, I wonder how many projects he's been in.
1: I mean, it has to be a lot.
0: 184 IMDb credits.
1: Wow. That's a lot. He was in Beverly Hills Cop, too. Look Who's Talking, too.
0: My favorite of the series.
1: Oh, and he was Iago in Aladdin, the animated one. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's just one of those people that Was never, like, the star of anything, but he was always just, like, such a recognizable voice and on-screen persona that he stuck out so much. Like, he was so memorable, even if he wasn't the reason that you tuned in, (laughs) you weren't going to forget (laughs) him. So that's just a very sad loss for Hollywood, I would say.
0: Well, I guess I'm good to go if you are.
1: Yeah, I think we've covered enough ground in this episode, so... It's a
0: little bit um, of a weird one today, but thank you guys for listening.
1: Yeah, we hope you stuck it out with us, even though we um, went all over the place. But, you know, we're a a podcast that likes to appreciate all aspects of television, right? It's true. So, that's what you should have come to expect from us by now, I guess.
0: (laughs) I've been Elena Hillard.
1: I've been Cody Hoffman. Thanks again for listening. And go follow us at Televisionary Podcast on Instagram and at Televisionary Pod on TikTok. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 All right. Well, all take right. care. And we'll see you, or you'll catch us next time. We won't see you unless you're <laughs> watching the video or the TikToks. But all right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen.
1: Bye!